the my top chicks and we will eat on eat on the weekly dish And welcome to the weekly dish. Ooh, Elizabeth, I hope I prepared you. I don't think I prepared you that we are in the top two an hour or two. <laughs> and this is where we talk about two things that we're obsessed with this week. Are we going to answer our cookbook question before? Oh, yes. Let's do that we first. Can't leave Thank you for reminding me. Hanging. Looking for a vegetarian cookbook option for a vegetarian who wants to have something other than just salad. Yes. Okay. I have two. Okay. Because I actually really started cooking when I was a vegetarian for four years when I was. Um, in my early 20s. And there are two cookbooks that really um, saved me that I just loved. So number one, I've talked about this before, is the Moosewood Cookbook. That's the original a great cookbook. Moosewood Cookbook by Molly Katzen. And this was... I've never heard you say that before because really? I don't usually get to sit with I you. I love that cookbook. It is it is still in my top yes. cookbooks. It was gifted to me by my ex-boyfriend's mom, who was just a gem, and she gave it to me. And it's all handwritten. It really helped me feel more confident in the kitchen. And here's why. It's not just basic salad recipes. It's all sorts of great recipes. But she says optional in a lot of the recipes when it comes to ingredients. And so what happened is I would kind of master the basic way to make something. For example, she has a fabulous minestrone soup recipe that I still use. And um, then it has all these different optional things. And so once I got the basic down, I started to go, oh, well, I could add this optional thing. And so much of cooking is building confidence. Right. And you can make those decisions and make those judgment calls if you have the confidence to do it. And that is what really helped me. Another good one is um, Mark Bittman's How to Cook Everything Vegetarian. It's definitely big and it's a lot of recipes. It's like the joy of cooking for vegetarians. It's exactly what it is. It's a really good cookbook though and helps you with basics and understanding and it's basically just like it, it will make her feel like she has so many options yeah. instead of feeling really limited about what she can eat as a vegetarian because the cookbook is so expansive. So I think those two are great ideas. Another good uh, cookbook author that writes for vegetarians is a woman named Deborah Madison. Yes, I met her at the Mill City Farmer's Market one time and fangirled so hard. I was like, oh my gosh, it's you, Deborah oh Madison. She was like, okay, hi. <laughs> That's funny. Um, she really has a lot of vegetarian cookbooks and cooks seasonally and has cookbooks for CSAs, so I would recommend her too. Yes. All right, which leads us to the top two in our two. Give him the old one, two. One, two. And now, the Weekly Dish presents... Top two, top two. The top two... Pick your best two. In our two. All right, give me two with him, with him, with him. Here we go, Steph. Top two, hour two. What do you got first? Well, I am going to give you a corn bread pancake. Great. That is really different. And it is at Caribbean Smokehouse and that is in Stillwater. Fabulous. My sister lives in Stillwater. Okay, so I would encourage going there. It's the old Smalley's is mm-hmm. where it's located. It's Caribbean Smokehouse. It's family owned. They make... Um, cornbread always kind of leaves me a little disappointed. I'll Fair. just be honest. Yeah. It's dry. Sometimes it's overly sweet. Like, I do love the cornbread muffins that Famous Dave's has, but I know they're terrible buy, for me. I know if you buy it um, pre-made from Kowalski's, it's legit like cake. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and that is like... I don't really want that when I'm eating with my savory food. Fair. 
The cornbread, they make it into a pancake oh. at Caribbean Smokehouse. And it is, it's got jalapeno in it, so it's a little hot. I like that. It's a tiny bit sweet. The grain isn't like super stone ground where you're like chewing on corn. It's just like this perfect bite. And I love that it's in a pancake form because yeah. it's not dried out. That's great. So it is the... Um, Cornbread pancake at the Caribbean Smokehouse is my number one. In Stillwater. Really good. Yes. Okay, my number one is a recipe that we made on Twin Cities Live this week. And it is um, sort of for all of you who like binged on Halloween candy and think, oh my gosh, I didn't feel great after I ate that, but I still want a sweet treat. <laughs> so Nicole Nelson is a, she's a wellness expert and health coach. She comes on the show. She makes like the best modified um sweet treats that I've ever had. Okay. Where it's just not loaded with refined sugar and white flour, so it doesn't leave you with that sugar high and crash yep. that is fun, but can be detrimental to and your exhausting. productivity. <laughs> yes. So she made these chocolate pumpkin butter cups that were so good. Yum. So good. And really, really easy. It was chocolate chips, these Lily's chocolate chips, with which have stevia. Don't be afraid of the stevia. I hate stevia, and I love these. And then she did like an almond butter, canned pumpkin, pumpkin spice mix for the filling. Yum. And then topped it with more chocolate. And you just put them in the freezer in little muffin cups, and they turn out to be fabulous. Oh, that sounds really good. They're so good. And so it's kind of one of those things where if you've got like an afternoon, like I get a real afternoon, either like a sugar or a coffee craving. Yep. And I feel like if I do a coffee, I kind of end up too wired for the whole night. And if I do a sugary treat, then I start to crash at about four o'clock, which is a bummer because I'm still on the air. <laughs> so I like to do if I have something like this prepped and ready to go, then I do a little bit better with it. It's chocolate pumpkin butter cups. Okay. Yum. That sounds delicious. We'll link up the recipe. Um, okay, so then my second one is going to be... What are you swiping furiously I'm scrolling through my there? phone, What's yes. happening? Um, and some of these I think I've already said, so it's requiring me to be a little more creative. Okay. It is the Cacio e Pepe pasta at Hyacinth. Oh, I love Hyacinth. I just went there recently. It's a bucatini it is toothy, it is peppery, it is Parmesan cheesy in all the right ways. Hyacinth right on Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Right <sighs> that next restaurant to is Fig. real good. It's really good. Three of us at the table had Bucatini, Caccio e Pepe, and we were all happy as clams. Oh, so It was so really, good. really good. That's really good. We had a linguine there when we were there that was outstanding, too. Okay, Hyacinth, really good. You want one more from me? Yeah. Okay, I'm starting a new Sunday tradition. Here's what it is. I'm roasting two chickens every Sunday. And then Did we're you read eat- about this in the New York Times? No. Oh, because they had like a recent article like, why not roast two chickens instead of one? Oh, because see? it takes the same amount of effort. It totally does. Okay, I roasted one chicken recently, and I actually did it on a weeknight. And so then it was far too late for the kids to eat. So I just sat in the kitchen <laughs> eating crispy chicken skin by myself, and it was joyous. Um, <laughs> but I have, I pulled Ina Garten's recipe for the perfect roast chicken. Which is the perfect recipe. Which is the po- perfect roast chicken. That's the one that I made. I didn't do the fennel on the bottom and I actually added in some more herbs. But if you kind of get her method down, it's fantastic. And um, it turned out so great. And so my thing now is that I'm going to do two chickens on Sunday so that we can have one for dinner on Sunday. And then I always have stuff to make soup. And then I end up with lots of chicken bones so that I can make lots of bone broth. And I've got just this beautiful circle of life. You are uh, speaking my language there, friend. Yeah, really good. So two chickens on a Sunday and use Ina Garten's perfect chicken recipe. I made a really good um, roast chicken. I'm just scrolling through my feed here that had 
um, plums. Oh. Like so, you did two roast chickens, but it was on top of. Oh, I think I saw like, that you posted and that. Onions and it made like this delicious kind of chickeny sauce. Oh, great! So I will try to find that and post it again. Yeah, that's good. All of the sauce was made in the roasting because it all was just the stuff going onto the roasting delicious fruit and then you're good to go i threw in some extra just like potatoes just like some red potatoes into the bottom of the roasting pan and stuff i actually used like my all clad roasting pan that we got for our wedding that i've only used for a turkey and i used it for a chicken and that's when i thought there's room on here for two yeah so this is what i did is i cut acorn squash into wedges i had uh plums and onions and then I put the two chickens on top and all of that goodness dripped down. So we had the squashes aside, the onions and the plums made like a, they call it chutney, but yeah. it was a delicious sauce for the chicken. And then I just had the chickens. All so, good to go. Yeah, that was all. Okay, that's a good call. A I'm going to roast some ago. squash underneath my roast chicken too. Yeah, it's really delicious. I'm going to do that tomorrow. And it's another time saver for you because you can, if you did two acorn squashes, you'd have enough squash for two meals. And even if you're if you're not going to eat the squashes aside that night, you can save it and puree it into a Absolutely. great acorn squash soup like the next night. Yeah, it's a real hack there, Miss yeah, Elizabeth. sister. Okay. I like what you're working on. That's a good top two, an hour or two. I can give you a bonus if you want. Sure. Um, I also... My daughter, Bernie, and I made her favorite carbonara on Twin Cities Live last week. She came on the show and made it her spaghetti carbonara that she loves more than anything. It was um, so cute. And it was so fun. And we have the recipe posted. And she, her little noodle slurp during the segment was like the <laughs> highlight of my life. And I have gotten more messages and photos from people who have made Bernie's carbonara. I mean, I'm getting stopped in the street by people who are like, That's I cute. made Bernie's carbonara. It's Really, really fun. So if you want like a really cozy, comforting, sort of along the line of Steph's Cacio e Pepe if you go out, but you have carbonara at home, it's really delicious. Yum. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, I'm going to give you some Thanksgiving helpers and hacks because I know Stephanie thinks it's too early to talk about the feast, but it's not because I'm cooking, so I'm obsessed. I just ordered my turkey yesterday. That's right. So we'll talk about that when we come back on The Weekly Dish presented by our friends at El Barrito Mercado in Minneapolis or St. Paul. Check them out for lunch, brunch, or dinner. Welcome back to The Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen. I'm Elizabeth Reese. Thanks for having me fill in for Smarch today. It is great. Smarchy is at her daughter's wedding oh, today. So, so wonderful. congratulations to Megan and Andrew. Um, great Hope, producer Hope over there helping me by posting links. Thank you, Hope. I appreciate it. Hope makes the world go round. She really does. We She's the silent glue of The Weekly Dish. Aren't you, Hopey? <laughs> she's the best. Um, all right. So one of the I'm going to do a TV segment this week about Great. Thanksgiving helpers and hacks. OK. And it's been a while since I've cooked the Thanksgiving meal because, um, you know, we've traveled or I've been with my sister and she's cooked it. But this year I am cooking and I have a lot of people to cook for. I think I have like 14. Wow. Yeah, and so that's kind of a lot. And you're going to do everything, or are you going to ask people to bring stuff? You know, I just asked my friend to make two pies. Okay. I am making a pie tonight for my husband's birthday. I took Heather's pie class Yes, from Heather's Pies. Her pies are amazing. They are amazing, and I was always intimidated by pie because my husband's kind of the baker at our house. Okay. And he's really good at it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, why do I need to learn that? But he never, he always makes tarts. Like he never made like a pie. Yeah. So I was like, I want to learn how to make pie. So I took her class 
And now, like a couple, two weekends ago, I had brunch for friends and I made quiches with original, like I make crust all the time now. Great. Yeah. And I'm really comfortable with it from having taken that class. So I made crust last night, actually, when we got home from out to dinner, because I'm going to roll out a pie because we're going to a friend's house for dinner tonight. And I'm going to bring pie. I love that you go out to dinner and then you come home and make pie crust. This yeah. This is why I really enjoy your presence. As you a know, person. it's fine. <laughs> um but I am thinking about this Thanksgiving coming up, and you mentioned that you just had to order your turkey because it is time. I know. And you, where do you fast. get your turkey from? I get mine from Golden Fig. Okay, I yeah. think I'm going to get mine there too. I Ferndale always, Farms yep. is who they carry. Yeah, and she just she's got multiple sizes. So, and Lori will always shoot me a text, say, "Hey, do you want a turkey?" And I always reply, <laughs> "Yes." Thank goodness that you are on my on team top of because it. you help me. So she said. Um, they're selling fast, so I wanted to be sure. So if you think that it's too early to get your turkey order in, you're wrong. I mean, Lori said they're going. Yeah. So she has three sizes. She, the smallest, 12 to 14 pounds. The medium is 15 to 18 pounds. And then the largest, 20 pounds. And plus. is it a pound and a half per person? I don't Roughly? I think that's a lot. Okay, so a pound maybe? Yeah, I think so. Because I know when you do... I mean, I like to always just go up one size. Yeah. I ordered a medium, so a 15 to 18 pound guy, because I like to have the leftovers and then I love the carcass for stock. Yep. I think that might be my jam. You could do the big one. Yeah, maybe. If you have 14 people. Yeah, I'm nervous. You it's, might that's want to. a giant turkey. Yeah, you can do it. You've got muscles. All right, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'm going to place my order today. Yeah, you got it. You get that order. You can order at Ferndale Farms too, right online. They're taking orders too. Cool. And then they have partners in the Twin Cities where you can pick them up. The Golden Fig is one, but yeah. you can also drive down. Cannon Falls is not that far, you guys. If you live like St. Paul, it's 30 minutes. Yeah, it's really easy and it's a lovely <laughs> and drive. And they have a great little. Um, they have the grounds are great. They have like a gourmet grocery on site. So it's kind of a fun afternoon well, fun. actually to drive down there. To do it. I like when I, I like to get it at Golden Fig because I like to buy her brining spices, spice oh, mix yes. too. And then I just buy it in a jar and then I brine the turkey, which I think is the best method. Brining is important brining and it's a pain, good. but you got to do it. I know. And then the, after I do it with a turkey, I always go, oh gosh, I should be doing this with chicken. And you know, it's like easy to, you can brine all sorts of stuff. Buttermilk brine for chicken is real easy. Oh Yeah. So just throw it in some buttermilk overnight. And call it a day. Yep. It's real easy. It tenderizes it. In a pinch, you can just rub yogurt on it. Oh. Just plain yogurt if you happen to have that laying around. I always do. Yeah. Okay, so what other Thanksgiving hacks? I mean, besides getting the turkey ordered and getting a really good turkey, a good turkey makes a difference. It's a huge difference. It does make a difference. Here's my other... I'm just going to go through... I'm I'm probably going to... I'm going through my list that I'm going to present on tomorrow, but what are you going to do? Um, okay. Have a signature cocktail. Yeah. Because you do not like, if you want to have beers out and wine out and a sparkling out, that's fine. Mm -hmm. And you can have like your bottles of other things out for people that want other things. But if you have a signature cocktail, people can help themselves. You can put it in a pitcher. You don't have to be standing there making a drink for everybody when they come in the door. And it's really festive. Yeah. So I like to do for Thanksgiving in a cider. I have a crock pot with cider. Yeah. That I've put spices in, and then I have a bottle of rum, I have a bottle of bourbon, I'll have cinnamon sticks for the kids, so it makes the whole house smell good. For sure. And like festive right when you walk in the door. So, so I start everybody. Pour their own. Yeah, like I they, put a ladle in there. And then so you say, okay, I want to spike mine with bourbon, or yep. I want to do whatever, and then you just ladle in I the, put all the glassware that's out there, good. I have it in a crock pot, it makes the house smell good, it's festive. People usually only have one. Yeah. But you're usually when you're at Thanksgiving, you're at someone's house for a long time. Mm -hmm. 
So it's like a just nice way to start the day. It's a fun, like cozy, warm drink, too. I like the idea of doing a warm signature cocktail like that. You can also do like a sangria. For sure. Where you'd put it with with apples and pears and white wine with a hint to Grand Marnier. Cinnamon sticks. Cranberries. You could make a sangria, too, if mm-hmm. that feels... Um, but I like to make a signature cocktail. Okay, here is... I did this last year. I'm doing it again. It's a great hack. It's instant pot mashed potatoes. Yeah. There's a recipe that I use. It's the pinch of yums recipe. They have a little bit of cream cheese in them. Great. Which sounds gross, but you couldn't even taste it. It just like kept them moist. It doesn't sound gross. It sounds good. And it makes it seem like you get a little bit of um, like tart, like what you get, what you like about sour cream on a potato. Yeah, it is actually. Mm -hmm. So I made them, I mashed them, I put all the stuff in there and then I sealed up my pot again and I took them to where I was going. And then we hung out for like two hours. They were still hot inside the pot. Cool. And you don't, I didn't even plug it back in. I just had them sealed. You You could plug them back in if you wanted to. I do think, you know, when you're doing Thanksgiving at your house, especially if you have a four burner stove, you run out of burners. I mean, it and yep. it's it can be hard on a four burner stove to fit all the pots that even if you could use all four, you're making bigger quantities of stuff. So you're using like your big stock pot. So then it's like hard to fit your yes, big it is. pans on there. So I think using really thinking about how can I strategically use the instant pot or the slow cooker for things is super smart. Yeah. And here's the other like quick hit. If you're not instant pot worthy and you're going to cook your potatoes like on the stove, like traditional method, you you don't have to peel them. You just boil them for like 15 minutes and then you let them cool off a little bit and then you can just rub the skins off. Mm -hmm. So if you're cooking mashed potatoes for 14 people, you're like a potato and a half per person. Like that's a lot of potatoes to be peeling. Don't do that. Just boil them and rub the skins off. It'll be a little rustic. There's some that like stays in there, but Mm -hmm. who cares? No, I like that. I think that's good. Um, So that's another hack. The other one is um, to make your pie dough ahead and par-bake your crusts so that You've made the dough like three days in advance. You've par-baked your crust for your pecan pie, for your pumpkin pie. You can pre-make the fillings too. Mm -hmm. And so either the night before, which is usually when I do it, I put all my fillings in and I make my pies the night before. Okay. So then the next day, I don't have to worry about pies in the oven, turkey in the oven. They're already done. Yeah, you can't manage that. And they're they're, they're fresh. They're fine. They stay overnight. Like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. One day is not going to make them tough or yucky. No, so, because pre-baked. if you were buying pies, you wouldn't have them That's fresh right. baked that exact day. That's right. So totally. the night before, actually, the night before is when most of my Thanksgiving cooking happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so I make the pies the night before. I make the dough a couple days before. Here's the other hack. And this is good for a mom. Always make an extra crust because my whole Thanksgiving meal is designed to be pot pie. Yeah. So I only make vegetables to serve that are pot pie worthy. So my I will have a roasted carrot with goat cheese and thyme. I will have peas that I just buy frozen peas with butter. Yeah. I will have creamed onions. um, Those like little little um. Tiny ones. Yep. Little pearl onions. And sometimes I've made kale too. Mm -hmm. But all of those things in repurposing the leftovers go into the gravy with the turkey and then I thin it out a little bit with chicken stock to be pot pie filling. Okay, that's a great idea. So I do green beans a lot at Thanksgiving you and can I put do those in too. like heavy heavy on the garlic and then green beans and they're delicious. Those could totally go in a yeah. pot pie. And so then you have an extra pie crust that you've made. 
So when all of the leftovers, so two days, a couple days later, when you're sick of the actual turkey sandwiches, yeah. which some people that never happens, but then you're ready to make the pot pie. This is smart. And you've got your pie crust already in the freezer waiting for you. You take it out, let it thaw it on the counter for like an hour, roll it out, mix all of your melange together, put it in whatever baking dish you're going to bake it in, put your top on and you've got turkey pot pie. There's also no shame in store-bought pie crust. No. There isn't. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of obsessed with pie crust now since I'm so good at it. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a joy. Yeah, what? I'm just like, oh, yeah, you need a crust? I got that for you. I took a class. <laughs> oh I can gosh. whip it out. That is really funny. Okay, here's another hack. I love a turkey sandwich after the meal. Like 10 o'clock that night, for I'm sure. eating turkey sandwiches. Rhodes frozen dinner rolls. Yeah. These are frozen balls yep. that you put in your pan. You put a little spray of Pam on top of a piece of saran wrap and you put those in the refrigerator overnight and you bake them then either first thing in the morning or you can even bake them the night before. If you want to start like when I'm doing my pies, I might bake them. Yeah. And then you have like what feels like a fresh roll. It tastes like a fresher roll, like a bakery roll. It's not 100%, but it's closer. It's good. It's perfect size for sandwiches. You could pop those in, though, after the Thanksgiving meal. Yes. I mean, pop them in the oven and then have them... As you finish your meal. As you're finishing your meal. (laughs) For second meal. Pop them in for second meal and have them fresh and ready to go. I mean, they'd come out of the oven and you'd be able to cut them open and make a turkey sandwich. On fresh bread. Yes. Yes. Loving that idea. That's a great idea. Um, okay. Gravy. And I'm going to, oh, I'm running late, aren't I? Hope. Okay. I'm going to come back and I'm going to tell you about gravy and we're going to take a break. You're listening to the weekly dish, uh, presented by Alberto Mercado. Happy day of the dead friends, uh, Dio de los Muertos visit there today and you can see their ofrenda and eat a beautiful lunch or dinner. Welcome back to the Weekly Dish, friends. We were talking about Thanksgiving hacks before we broke. It's not too early. Thanksgiving is at the end of November. It is the beginning of November, you guys. It's the biggest meal of your life. It's the best day of the year. And why Stephanie likes it, and she's right, is there's no gift pressure. It's all about the feast. Yeah, my dad says it's the best holiday because you don't muck it up with presents. Yeah, and the expectation is just this one meal, which... The meal itself, as far as cooking goes, it's not hard. No. It's just you have to do a lot of things. It's just a lot. It's a lot of things, and it kind of feels like a pressure. And there's, you know, the turkey puts a lot of pressure on people because you're just not used to making that big of a thing every year, and it just feels like giant. Okay, here's the thing that I think freaks people out about the Thanksgiving meal, and it is not the roasting of the turkey. It is the gravy. It's the gravy. People have gravy issues and i get it because my mom made fantastic gravy and i never even attempted gravy till she was dead and then i tried to do it once and i was like well this is hard yeah there's been some real gravy fails i will say talk about a hack whole foods makes a fabulous gravy that you buy in plastic containers okay because i was gonna say certix does really he's cafe does great and the birchwood all three of those people, I will add Whole Foods to my list, add actually, have great list. pre-made gravy. Yes, it's really good. I've bought it before and had it because I do a Thanksgiving. I've done a Thanksgiving in years past for the Twin Cities Live staff, and I bought that gravy because I haven't had, I've done it on a weeknight, sure. so I haven't been able to make gravy, and it's over-the-top good. Here's another hack. You can serve the gravy at the base of your turkey platter. 
So this is how Ina Garten does it. She puts the gravy down, and then when she cuts her turkey meat, she lays it on top of the gravy. Oh. And this is a hack if your turkey's dry. Yeah. Because you already are giving it some moisture by serving it with the gravy when people help themselves off the platter. Another hack is there's two things. There's this weird product that I swear by for gravy, and it's called Kitchen Bouquet. And it's in a weird little plastic jar, or excuse me, a little glass jar. Okay. It looks like um, the old Aunt Jemima bottle because it's got, it's shaped like a woman's body. It's weird. But this kitchen bouquet has some kind of flavoring in it, which is probably MSG <laughs> and coloring in it that makes the gravy dark. It's a and browning rich. and seasoning sauce. You can buy it at Target. Yeah. That is is my gravy secret hack. Everyone who makes gravy kind of needs that. And if you don't have that, another alternative would be soy sauce. Oh. And you just use like a tablespoon because you don't want it to taste like soy sauce, but you want the umami that soy sauce gives and the richness of flavor. Okay, that's good. So that's another hack too, is just a little soy sauce if you don't have kitchen bouquet. Kitchen bouquet, side note, a pack of three is $22 on Amazon. $2.89 for one at Target. Yeah. Amazon is not always cheapest, my friends. <laughs> Especially when it comes to the kitchen bouquet. That's funny. So that was my mom's like secret ingredient, and it has transferred over to us. Also, um, a lot of people put flour. So you, you, put, you have your roasting pan, and you have your fats in there, and you sprinkle flour on there, and yeah. then you're whisking it. The whisk is really important. Mm-hmm. That's what keeps you from having lumpy gravy. Yep. You have to continually whisk. So if you're someone that isn't super comfortable with the gravy, you might have it be a two-person job. Find a whisker. Yeah. So you have the whisker, and then you're adding the ingredients and the stock as you go. And then that person just stands there and whisks. And they whisk continually. And then you can just help them keep their drink full while they <laughs> That's whisk. That's right. They while can they're whisk, whisking. Drink, whisk, drink. All so good. So gravy at our house is usually a two-man job. Um, okay. Here's another hack for pie and whipped cream, because when you are bringing the pie to someone's house, which Mm -hmm. a lot of people bring pie, you do not want to get in their kitchen and then be making whipped cream, right? Right. Mm Because that's weird. They've already, they don't want you in their kitchen making stuff when they're trying to get the meal. Depends on whose house you're going to. So yes, my mom always just brings the stuff and is making whipped cream. And I know that that's how it's going to go. Okay. But like, here's another way you can do it. A, do not bring ready whip. That's not the answer. No, the the answer answer is... A, a large mason jar filled with cream and a little room for shaking mm-hmm. sugar, just a little bit and vanilla. Mm-hmm. And you just shake inside that mason jar. Yeah. So you don't have to get into someone's kitchen and be like, can I use your mixer to whip the cream for the pie? For sure. You ha- just do it right there on site. You and it's fun for the kids. You know, an immersion blender really works for whipped cream too. Yes, it does. I've used an immersion blender a lot of and times. And that's more portable. It's totally portable. It's small. You can bring your own immersion you blender. You can put it in a mason jar and just put it in a quart size jar. Yep. And just do it. And it's really easy. And it's actually a cute idea to serve it out of a jar. You know, yeah. like have it cute in the jar and have like a big long spoon and then people can like dig in and yeah you could have like three different jars if you have a long table yeah for sure big jars of whipped cream that's cute because it's kind of weird i mean it's your mom so you're not gonna be like mom get out of my kitchen but if you're going to like a friend's house it's weird to have to get into their kitchen to whip the cream well it's no one's ready for you yeah and if you're doing like a stand mixer stand mixers are loud i mean it's like a whole Mm -hmm. thing 
Um, but the immersion blender is a good trick. I like the idea of bringing it in the quart size jar and then just making it. And just it. doing the shake. It also gives the kids something to do. They can shake the cream and it's like a science experiment. Your friend Melissa Sai yeah. did something last year that I saw on television that I think is so smart for oh, kids. What'd she do? She made a paper bag like a lunch bag and put popcorn in it and yes. made it like in the shape of a pretend turkey. Cute. And then they set those at the kids' places. Yeah. So the kids could like cut open their turkey mm-hmm. and it had popcorn inside for Fun. a snack. Yeah, I thought that was really cute. You got to have snacks out for kids. Otherwise they get hangry and it's out yeah. of control. Yeah. And a hangry kid goes worst. downhill fast. The worst. Um, okay. So I did ask this question on our Weekly Dish Facebook page and we got some good answers. Uh, make ahead mashed potatoes. Apparently, the pioneer woman has a good recipe that you can double and can be reheated in a crock pot, which good. is great. Um, she also mentioned the make ahead gravy. Not just buying it, but Ina Garten does have a recipe of make ahead gravy that you can make like weeks ahead and freeze. Mm-hmm. So if you're someone that is challenged with gravy, you can make it ahead. So it's one less thing you have to worry about. It is stressful in that last time you got the Turkey resting. You're trying to get everything together and then you're dealing with gravy. Yeah. And yeah. trying to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Catherine said, uh, how about you just order the meal from Kowalski's like we did. It was worth every penny of stress <laughs> relief. That is not a bad idea. No. Um, frozen mashed potatoes. She said, it sounds terrible. Um, but they helped me out on my first Thanksgiving, and they do not taste like the box. That's true. Old Home makes some that are really good. Okay, that's a crack I mean, up. they are really good. Also nice if you're not having a ton of people. Like, if it's just going to be a small group, if you're going to have, you know, I don't know, four people at mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, pick a couple things that you have just made ahead or store-bought, and... Be good with it and then put time into the other things. That's my roasted carrots dish. That's just roasted carrots with um, you put a little goat cheese and thyme sprigs at the end. Yes. Because they can be served at room temperature mm-hmm. pretty much. It's, you know, they don't have to be hot. The panic in my house growing up about everything being hot. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a real thing. Oh, it's such a real thing. My mom just cannot handle anything that's not hot. She loves it hot. So when we were. It would be, my dad would be flailing things around the kitchen. My oh, my dad always made every Thanksgiving meal. My mom never made it once. And it would be like, this has got to be up. Everything had to be sealed tight with tinfoil as it was brought to the table. And then at the last second after the prayer, the tinfoil was released and the plumes of steam came out to the heavens. That is what happened. I just, first of all, like I just love your mom and dad, first of all, and I love all of you girls, but I could just totally see this Reese table mayhem. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. just like all of a sudden the tinfoil coming off. If you're obsessed with hot gravy and you're doing like buffet style, a crock pot is nice for that too. Really good. That little three crock pot deal. The little smaller ones. There's smaller ones and there's three of them. I mean, that is where it's at. Oh, that has the serving dish inside it. Yes, it's totally where it's at. It keeps things hot. You just put it up on a buffet table, plug it in. I actually put two outlets on one wall in a part of my kitchen to plan to put a table in there for crock pots to be plugged in. I like that. (laughs) Um, uh, Jen said, if you have people bringing things for the meal, have them bring dessert. Then you don't have to worry about how their item will fit in, uh, or how they're meal prepping when you don't have table or timing space for them in the kitchen. That is really true. Make the turkey the day before, carve, put in a covered pan with some of the juices and reheat the day. There's not enough counter space and no timing issue and no mess. I have heard about that. I could never do that. I'm just going to be honest. You like to see the big bird. Yep. 
And I, like I know people it doing day, it in advance. Yeah. And it's probably delicious. I just wouldn't do that. <laughs> Sous vide turkey breast. I wouldn't do that either. But I'm glad that Bill is doing it. I've had my girlfriend who hosts a big Thanksgiving for friends every year with like 30 people. She does one full turkey and then two turkey breasts in a roasting pan and she has two roasters going so that there's oven space wow and it really does work pretty well because having the one bird but then the two turkey breasts but i like the dark meat better than anything all right um so that is just some thanksgiving turkey hacks if you're planning the meal and you're trying to save time and energy We've given you some whipped cream hacks, some pie hacks. So you're going to be on crust. TV Monday yeah. talking more about that on Jason's show? Yep. Okay, great. Because we're doing two on Twin Cities Live on November 14th, a full Thanksgiving episode. With we do a lots full of Thanksgiving radio show Yes, usually the week prior. So. Okay, so get Excellent. ready for those. Mark your calendar because that'll help you just Who are you going to have for guests? Mood. Do you know? Um, I know we're going to have Mary Jane Miller, who's a recipe developer, oh, who's she's fantastic. Yeah. Um, we've got a great new blogger and wine blogger team um, oh jamie pairs and, well with it's jamie and corinne yep yeah that's, that's their company pairs well with they're really great yep. pairs well with yes that's so cute we've had them on they're lovely so i think they're coming on the show so we'll have a lot of um really good recipes i mean i'm telling you antigone sander formerly of cafe 421 now they still have a catering company a few years ago she made these i think they were three cheese mashed potatoes that blew everybody's mind. I mean, some of the best recipes for Thanksgiving, in okay, my opinion. Okay, because your macaroni and cheese, that's really Patty LaBelle's recipe. Patty LaBelle's Over the Rainbow is Mac and Cheese. Legend. It is a Thanksgiving staple. It has to happen. It's the only staple. time I buy Velveeta is <laughs> for that dish. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we will get to the moral of the weekly dish story on My Talk 1071. Welcome back to the Weekly Dish. It has been a real pleasure spending time with Elizabeth Reese today. I love getting to see you. Thank you so much for asking me. You know, filling in on the show is really so much fun. You're always our first person to ask. Oh, you're really sweet. I Someone, look forward to Someone um, reached out to me the other day. They were like, if you're ever looking for like a co-host... I was like, well, no, because Elizabeth Reese, <laughs> like, you know, and sometimes you're busy, too, because you have a lot of stuff going on. I but. do. I try to move things around, though. If, there, if uh, My husband knows that if Weekly Dish is on the calendar, that that is like, <laughs> that's what's happening. That's that is how solid. it goes. Well, I'm a listener. I'm a listener. And um, I just love getting to hang out and chat food with you guys. We are going to just give you a couple of events to look out for today. And Elizabeth, you have an ice cream pie Thanksgiving tasting How that's happening fun. today. At Milk Jam. Did you know about this? No. We talked about this on Twin Cities Live this week, and I was like, whoa, Nelly. So Milk Jam is doing a Thanksgiving ice cream pie tasting event from noon to four. And so you can go and taste the pies that they're going to be offering for Thanksgiving. What a brilliant idea to do an ice cream pie, Stephanie. Are you listening to me? This I is am. wonderful. And they have like pumpkin usually. Oh, they have like a pecan one. Um, they're doing pecan and molasses and apple sour cream crumble pie. They have one that's called Riding Dirty that had like peanut butter and Oreos in it. And then they're doing a vegan pumpkin ice that cream pie delicious. that's gluten free too. So that's a fun idea if you have... Uh, you know, somebody who's vegan or somebody's gluten free. Yes. Just order one of those ice cream pies, have it in the freezer, and then have it ready to go for them at your Thanksgiving table. So from noon to four, you can sample and then you can pre order for Thanksgiving. And they're going to have a few of the pies for purchase today, too. So if you want to pick one up and have one this weekend, go for it. Someone uh, emailed in and is wondering who we would recommend for pre baked 
or what uh, brand we would recommend for pre-baked, pre-made pie crust? Do so I don't, have- I don't do the pre-baked one, but the pre-made one, I always buy Immaculate. Immaculate is the brand. They sell them. They sell them at Seward Co-op. They sell them at all the co-ops. I'm sure lots of other grocery stores have them too. But I am convinced it's the best pre-made pie crust. I I make chicken pot pie for my family regularly, and um and that's the pre-made one that I buy. And then I can do a chicken pot pie on a weeknight. Here's another surprising answer that I'm going to tell you, folks. Do Trader it. Joe's. Yeah, their pre-baked pie crust is really good. It's three ninety nine for a package of two. And they're pre-baked. Pre, um, no, they're, they're what's just the word I'm looking for? Like pre-made. Yes, like they're in where the you refrigerated. push them, they're the dough. Yeah, the pre, pre-made dough in the refrigerated section. I'm like, you know, where you push it into the pan. <laughs> what's that kind called? <laughs> oh. oh, that's good. Um, so yeah, so the I would recommend one, that too. I, you know, if you're looking for like a clean ingredient label too, mm-hmm. it's just really good. Some of those pre-made pie crusts can have lots of scary yes. business in them. Lots of scary business. I always count on you to not have scary business, Elizabeth <laughs> Reese. Um, all right. Uh, something that's happening this weekend in the Northrop King building, which is the largest artist building in the United States, which really? I did not know, but that's cool. Fun fact, Stephanie. Um, 350 artists, studios, and galleries. They're having a jewelry, sculpture, glass, textile, photography, home decor uh, workshop and art crawl this weekend. It's called Art Attack. It is today from noon to eight, and then it'll be tomorrow from noon to five. So if you're looking for any cool custom serving dishes for your Thanksgiving feast, you can find gift ideas galore at the Northrop King building. There's tons of holiday markets going on. I mean, it was like November happened, and it was let's shop for Christmas. It is starting to get to be holiday market season every weekend. Are there specific markets that you particularly like to go to? I mean, I like they do that big one at U.S. Bank Stadium. That's happening That's coming up next weekend. Yeah, that's happening next weekend, and I think that one is really fun. I've gone live from there for Twin Cities Live the last few years, and um, it is... Just fun. I mean, it's all the really good local makers. And then there's lots of like, there's some national things sprinkled yep. in too that you're kind of, some some are fun, some aren't as great. But the local makers that are there are worth seeing. The um, Minneapolis Craft Market, which is our friend Haley Matthews-Jones, who I did an interesting podcast with her. If you want to listen to the Makers of Minnesota podcast, you can find that wherever you find your podcasts. And Haley was a guest and they're having um, each weekend, they're going to be out at Wagner's Greenhouse um, so you can get your greenery and do the whole Minneapolis craft market. There'll oh, be different cool. vendors there every weekend. So that's a cool market. Um, also wanted to let you know that the farmer's markets are now moving indoors. Mm-hmm. So you can find um, each of those markets. They're going to be having an indoor farmer's market on Thursday afternoons at Union Depot. Great. Which is new. Um, so if you're ever looking, uh, Rick Nelson of the Star Tribune just had a nice recap of some of the indoor markets that was in yesterday's paper that you can find online today. And um, I should say one of the things that Stephanie would be so proud of is Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine has a new newsletter called The Daily Edit that I signed up for. Great. <laughs> All of a sudden she's like, you actually are reading my stuff. That's so <laughs> fantastic because it's in my inbox every day. So if you want to sign up for that newsletter, 
usually there's like a feature story and then there's a couple of like what's happening around town type of things. Usually a little bit of food in there. Good idea. That's really great. That is the daily edit. Um, what do you have coming up on Elizabeth or on Elizabeth Live on Twin <laughs> Cities Live this week? Do you have anything you're excited about? Oh boy, I haven't even looked at this week of what we're doing on Twin Cities do Live. You, let me ask you about that yeah. because like from people like, okay, I'm going to leave the show today. Yeah. And I really try not to work until Monday morning. For sure. I try to take like a solid from Saturday afternoon. I do stuff with my family. We always have Sunday dinner as a family. So I spend a lot of Sunday cooking and batch cooking and getting ready for the week. I'm still cooking like I have five people that I'm cooking for, (laughs) which is sort of funny. I I made a carrot soup the other day and I do have uh, some neighbors that are sick that I've been helping feed. That's nice. But like I had like 12 jars of carrot soup. I mean, how many jars of carrot soup can one person it's, eat? I mean, currently, even in my situation, I made a big pot of chili for Halloween the other night and it's just a big pot of chili sitting in the I mean, we all ate a little <laughs> bit and then left. I have a huge pan of enchiladas. I have leftover two leftover halves of a stuffed pepper that I made yeah. earlier in the week. I mean, I do kind of end up. Does your family like leftovers they're pretty good about leftovers i mean i bring everything to work you know but i literally had stuffed peppers for lunch four days this week that's yeah. a problem like yeah. i was too many done with the stuffed peppers i, I think brought, i'm just gonna start bringing i need to start bringing food to other people i brought all of the leftover halloween candy and put it on the counter at my talk in by the kitchen because i don't like go to like a daily job anymore yeah we have so, so much i'm candy. like i can't have this candy in my house i, I already ate three kit kats the candy has got to go what are you going to do? Are you Do you like ration it out? Jay puts a lot of it in the freezer and keeps it, oh. but I just like hit it. And I, I went through the kids' bags and like just left some stuff in there and left all the know? toy things. No, they don't know. They're See, so little. They're so little. They're they four don't know. and two. They don't know. And so then I left some stuff in it that was like pretzels and a couple candy things and whatever. But I just don't. I mean, I'm just not doing like them binging on candy my for fifth days grade and days. had 27 pounds of candy. She oh, weighed it. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, that's just a lot of candy. That's a lot of candy. <laughs> Whoa. Yep. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for being on the program with us so today. Much fun. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, and watch Twin Cities Live every day at 3 to 430. Mm-hmm. And you can see Steve Patterson and Elizabeth Reese. Listen to The Weekly Dish. We'll have a podcast that posts every Wednesday. And it's new content that you don't get on the show. It's